thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. At today, that's where we'll, we'll be this morning. And we're excited about this series. This series has been really fun, really fun. I'm trying to catch my breath. You know, I just saw, you know, LeBron got dunked on just now. So I'm just, whew. man, this series has been really fun. We've been doing hashtag good news, hashtag good news. And, man, we're so excited about what God has been doing through this series. And, man, we've been seeing your good news stories throughout the week, all over social media. Uh, we have different people putting hashtag good news. And this is your last week to actually get your good news story in through social media so that we can collect that story and that we can show you next week about what God is doing through our church. So I'm super excited about that. It's been really fun. And I've been trying to find good news stories in the media. It's actually pretty difficult to find good news stories in the media. If you know the media, it's all about bad news, what's going wrong, doom, what's going wrong, doom and gloom. In fact, any churches have gotten on that bandwagon, doom and gloom. And if, if I say enough doom and gloom, maybe I'll get you in a seat that morning and then and maybe you'll get connected because I scared you into something um, that is so scary. But I believe counter to that, that we're in a religion and a faith that is good and it's good it's more good than it is bad and it's good news for you and me this morning and so I hope that you feel you feel this morning just the goodness of Jesus the goodness of Jesus and as I'm searching stories finding stories there's a young lady, Bailey Murrell. Bailey Murrell, maybe some of you have seen this on social media. 17 years old, was horse playing with her dad, actually got hurt and got paralyzed. She was paralyzed from the waist down for 11 days. And then her miracle happened. Look what happened right here. Even though Bailey's not here, can we give her a big hand? Yes. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. This nurse has been praying for Bailey. She was actually believing God's best and, and through some therapy got filling in her legs and decided to surprise her nurse like that. And how awesome are nurses? We got nurses in here, and they go around, and they, they pray for those who are sick, who they're taking care of. They're all over in the hospital, in the hospital that needs the touch of Jesus in, in so many ways. And so thank you if you're a nurse and stepping up, if you're a doctor for stepping up and answering that call. We're so thankful for you. And last week, we left you with a teaser. We left you with a teaser. This woman was at the well. She was at the well, and here she is committing adultery after adultery. She, she is torn up, and Jesus comes up to her and gives her some hope. And this is in the town of Samaria, and here we find a Samaritan woman. And Jesus says, I will give you living water. And so this week I talked about how we're going to talk about living water. Living water. Look at your neighbor and say living water. Not living color. Living water. Water. 
John 7, 38 through 39. So Jesus, what is this living water? What does this look like? In verse 38, he says, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So here the living water is the promise of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit coming to humanity. But yet the Holy Spirit has not come until Jesus ascended. And how many of you know that Jesus has ascended? He has ascended. He is alive and well and living water is here. I'm going to be in a lot of scriptures this morning. So hopefully you have your app where you can pay attention to the screen. I want to hopefully do a good job of conveying what I'm trying to convey this morning and then give you an opportunity to respond at the end of service. In Acts chapter 8 verse 4, it says this. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was so much joy in the city. Our second weeks in this series, we talked about good news and good news to the poor. And how Jesus came not only preached good news to the poor, but proclaimed liberty to the captives. And set those free and blind, uh, restored sight to the blind and so many other things. And here we have Philip doing exactly what Jesus did. Verse 9, but there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in this city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. Verse 10, they all paid attention to them to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed after being baptized. He continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of the wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, pray for me. To the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Today, I want to tell you the good news. 
I want to tell you the good news that there is forgiveness of sins for all those who repent, freedom from your past, and eternal security available for all who would believe that Jesus is the Son of God, was raised from the dead, and repent of their sins. This is great news. Everybody say great news. This is great news. And I hope that I convey that this is great news for you. In Matthew 3.11, Jesus says, I baptize you with water for repentance. That's what John said. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John the Baptist told those, that, those listening that Jesus who would come after John, would baptize them, not only with water, but with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this in Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There's three truths that we're going to dive in today. Three, three truths from this scripture, three observations that we're observing. The first one is this. The gospel is for everyone. It's something that I've been saying every week. The gospel is for you and it's for me, thank God, and it's for your neighbor and it's for your mother, it's for your father, and it's for uh, the neighboring cities in the Austin, Texas, and it's for all these people. The gospel is for everyone. And here we found Jesus in a town of Samaria. And Samaritans were, were not really Jews and not really Greeks. In 700 BC, as the land was being cultivated, a remnant of Jews, Israelites, stayed behind and they intermarried with the Canaanites. And these people, in this people group, in this tribe, and these, these people, the Samaritans, they ended up making their own Pentateuch, their own five books of the Bible. They ended up making their own temple. They ended up practicing their own set of worship, and they considered themselves God's people. In about 100 B.C., when the Jews started gaining power, they ended up destroying their temple and putting these people way low on the totem pole, and they started doing what they wanted to them, and these Samaritans were viewed as half-breeds and heretics. And so for a Jew to interact with somebody like that is so strange. And yet Jesus did it. He modeled it in John 4. And what I love about Jesus' life, and as you look through the Gospels, read about the stories of Jesus because the stories that he lived are to go on and on. There, there is a formula. There is a formula that we are supposed to repeat some behaviors and some things that Jesus did and so Jesus went to a people group that were, that were shunned, went to all these people, and, and he went to them, and Philip found himself in this same place. And here the Samaritan woman, I remember when she went into the town after she heard the good news, and it says in John chapter 4, when she heard about the living water, she ran into the town, and it says this, that she left her water jar right there. She was so convinced that, that Jesus gives living water that she left her water jar and went to go tell everybody. And here we are a few years later, and Philip goes over there out of obedience because of Jesus. And he said, he starts proclaiming what this living water is all about. 
Now that the Holy Spirit has fallen, I got to tell Samaria because I remember when Samaria heard about Jesus and how they were so excited about Jesus. So now I have to go tell them about the Holy Spirit. And so he goes and he, he tells them about Jesus. They, they repent. They get baptized in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit falls upon them. This is good news. Good news that God became, God became man in Christ Jesus. That he lived a life that you and I can't live perfect and holy without stain or wrinkle. wrinkle. And he died a death that you and I should have died. And three days later. He proved that he was the son of God by conquering death and offering forgiveness and hope for everyone who would repent and believe in Jesus. The gospel is the great equalizer. It's the great equalizer. It's somebody who looks different than you, acts different than you, puts them on the same plane as you. That you and I are created equal. It's why God says, I show no partiality. None. And here we find people identifying with Jesus in verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, an equalizer, men and women. Now, that's, that's pretty crazy because in that moment, it's, it's making a distinction that it's not just men, but it's women equalizing them. And two weeks ago, we had the privilege here at Luminous Church to baptize six people, five college students and a single mother, and they all responded to Jesus, and we got to celebrate with them. With them. This is a 2,000-year-old history, something that we're a part of. Do you realize this morning, as you're sitting in your theater chair, in this theater that was only built so many years ago, that you're a part of a heritage? You're a part of something that has been going on for centuries and it hasn't been diluted. But in fact, I believe that it's increasing and growing and that Jesus is alive. The second thing, observation, Jesus baptizes believers in the Holy Spirit. Like he promised in Matthew 3, 11, like John spoke of. It says in verse 14 through 17 that the Holy Spirit after Water baptism. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard Samaria received the word of God, they sent Peter and John, who laid hands on them that they would receive the Holy Spirit. We see this also in Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. There's some guys walking, and they were disciples of John, and it says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, verse 2 of chapter 19, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not any heard of the Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, baptized in water. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In verse 6, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. In Acts 10, through 48, it says, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift 
of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water from baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain there for some days. We see the Holy Spirit... It was bad. People were baptized in the Holy Spirit before water baptism and after water baptism. It fell on them without laying on hands, and it fell on them with laying on hands. And there's no formula on how Jesus does supernatural things. And it's just like we're going to find out here in a moment. Simon thought the formula was if I give enough money, then I'll get the power of God. But we're finding out real quickly that there is no formula for this. The formula is Jesus, and it's always Jesus, and that's why we see Jesus so clearly in everything that we do. And if you don't see Jesus, you're missing out on the promises that he offers. I love gift givers. You love gift givers. I love them. I love them. I love them. My love language isn't gifts, but I still like gifts, especially really nice ones. And Austin Fontenot loves giving gifts. Is Austin here today? Wherever you are, Austin, I just, I just want to toot your horn. If you don't know Austin, you need to be Austin's friend. Because if you're Austin's friend for any amount of time, you're going to get a gift. It's just, it's natural. And then if you be with them at Starbucks every week and go over the purple book like I do, then I get lots of gifts. And I like it a lot. And he'll bring me all sorts of gifts all the time. Austin is a great gift giver. Who likes gifts in here? Okay, look around, look around. Who doesn't like gifts in here? Strange, maybe one or two people, and they just don't like attention. That's really what it is. So we love gifts. We love gifts. I remember graduating college, and when you graduate college, they tell you that you need to buy a suit. It's, it's like and you got to get your man suit, you know, and you got you to get ready for the job interviews and everything else. Well, as I was graduating college, I got a gift. I got a gift, and it was a $600 suit. $600. I mean, I've never spent $600 on anything. The car that I was driving was $500. So, I mean, this is crazy. Man coming out of the car with $600 suit, driving a $500 car, it's just weird. But there was something about this suit, man. A suit makes a man feel powerful. It makes him feel powerful. When you put on a, on a nice suit, man, all of a sudden I feel comfortable. I feel, I, feel, I feel like I can walk with my head up. Maybe because it's a little tight and tailored. I'm not sure. But, man, I do this. Man, the suit I had, I was able to do many weddings in. I was, I was actually able to go to many funerals. I was actually able to do many things and felt confident as I was doing things. And not only did I feel confident, but this suit was GQ. I mean, dude, I was looking fly. And how, you know how I know this? Because my wife noticed me in my suit. That's right. So men, maybe you need to wear a suit to church so you can get a woman. I'm just saying because it works. You know, there's gifts. There's gifts that we get just to, for joy and fun and love. And here's just a, here's this awesome gift because I love you and cool coffee mugs and sweet coffee and everything else. And then there's gifts that we really use. There's gifts that we really need, like a suit, like an iPad if you're in a realtor, like maybe a brand new car. Maybe you get a gift when you're out of groceries and there's nothing else to feed your kids and a gift card shows up at your door to be able to feed your kids. There are, there are gifts just for joy and then there's gifts that we use and that we really need. And Jesus knew that because he loves to give gifts. He loves to give gifts. 
Most referenced gifts with baptism is tongues and prophecy. Tongues and prophecy. Tongues is praying to God in a language only he understands. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4 through 5, why would God give you a gift like that? A gift that's only for you that edifies yourself. Tongues edifies yourself so that you would be built up. And I think God did that because if you take care of yourself, you'll be able to take care of others. And if you deny yourself and deny your own needs and you aren't healthy spiritually, you aren't healthy physically, you aren't healthy emotionally, what are you able to give out to anyone else? If a man really loved himself, then he'll eat every day. How many of you love yourself? How many of you eat every day? How many of you love yourself? That's right. If you quit loving yourself, you'll quit eating. Quit loving yourself, you quit taking care of yourself. And Jesus knew this, that they need to take care of themselves. They need to build up their spirit. They need to edify themselves. So I'm going to give them a gift. I'm going to give them a gift that will build up themselves in their prayer closet every day that they could use it, that they would come out of their prayer closet, out of their house, out of their car, and they would start walking like they have a suit on. God knew that. A prophecy. It's a message from God to edify the church. That's all it is. A message from God to edify the church or edify somebody else. 1 Corinthians 14, 39 through 40. Be eager to prophesy. Don't forget speaking in tongues. Verse 3 of 14, strengthening, encourages. Verse 1, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And let's just read it, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. Let's read about these gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. Paul says this, pursue love. We need love. We need love. Everything we should do should be done in love. Everything. And when it's not, we need to repent and say we're sorry. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in tongues and speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Verse 5, now I want you all to speak in tongues. Everybody say all. All to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. In 1 Corinthians 14, 39 through 40, I'm not giving a lot of commentary. I'm just reading. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But all things should be done decently and in order. Everybody say, done decently and in order. Nobody likes a quack. That's right. The resurrection of Christ. Good news. Holy Spirit and his gifts are amazing and will help you. It will help you follow Jesus better. It will help you obey him. It will help you know him. And it will help you love your neighbor who doesn't take out their trash. It'll help you love your neighbor. It'll help you love everyone. The Holy Spirit is here to help. That's why he's called the helper. Oftentimes he's called the helper because he's here to help you. Help you. Help the church. The third observation is counterfeits always follow the real deal. Counterfeits always follow the real deal. The enemy doesn't waste any time trying to hijack 
the good things of Jesus. You notice this? We have Simon, the sorcerer. He's doing all these tricks. He believes in Jesus, believes in this. He starts following Jesus, and then all of a sudden, he starts paying for it. He starts paying for this, for these gifts. And I, I just want to say, just because there's a hypocrite, just because there is a charlatan, someone who practices quackery, a fraud, just because there's somebody abusing it and doing things, does that mean that we should not practice these gifts? No, it doesn't mean we should practice. It's going to be loosey-goosey everywhere. But we should do this in order and desire it and earnestly desire it. And as the worship team comes up to help me close out this morning. The good news is Jesus. The good news is Jesus. And this morning, if you want a relationship with Jesus, this morning you're like, man, I feel like a Samaritan. I feel like maybe I've been setting up different temples. I've been worshiping other things. Maybe you feel like, man, I've just been in my own little world and I set up my own belief system. And it's very moral. There's a right and wrong to it. But Jesus isn't the center of it. Jesus isn't the center of this belief system. In fact, Jesus isn't even in the picture. And I want to give you an opportunity today. An opportunity today to say, Jesus, I want you to be the center. And I want you to be right in the middle. And God, would you tear down the idols in my life? Would you tear everything down that I've been practicing, that I've been believing, that I've been hoping for? And Jesus, would you give me good news? Would you give me good news? That's you this morning. And what I want to do is just have everybody close their eyes. Because it's always weird to raise your hand when everybody's looking around. But I do want you to respond. I want you to respond because if that's you, I think you need to respond. Because Jesus is already asking you to respond. And he's been asking you for some time. And if that's you this morning, where you want to place faith in Jesus for the first time, would you raise your hand this morning? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You can put your hand down. Church, as everybody's eyes is closed and their head is bowed, would you repeat after me? Everybody repeat this. And if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat this like you believe it. Like you believe it that's already going inside of you. Father God, I love you. Forgive me for making my idols, for making my life for making my way. And Jesus, come with your good news and make me clean, make me new. And Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I love you. Amen. Amen. Can we give everybody a hand who just prayed that prayer for the first time? I believe, I believe in a new theater seat in a room like this, as you pray a prayer like that, that 2,000 years ago, Jesus did what he said he was going to do. And he said that he will make you new. The old is gone. The new has come. And the promise is this, eternal life and abundant life today. If you would stand up with me as we worship this morning. And as we worship this morning, I want to invite you. 
as today we talked about the Holy Spirit, we're going to worship together, and this is how we're going to do this. We're going to worship together, and we're going to have prayer workers in the front. And as prayer workers are in the front, I want to ask you, if you've never been prayed for, if you were like these guys who came up and said, I've never even heard of a Holy Spirit. I've never even heard of you, Holy Spirit, and I want you. And maybe you prayed for Jesus today, and now you need the Holy Spirit. I would ask for you to come up and let somebody lay hands on you and pray for you that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as they do that, we're just going to worship. We're going to worship. And so I would encourage you, don't look around at people in front getting prayed for. But worship your creator. Worship Jesus who made you and loves you this morning. Because he does. And as you worship, we're going to worship. And then I'm going to come up and I'm going to dismiss us. And then the worship team will keep playing for anybody else who wants to stay and worship longer. And for anybody else who wants to be prayed for. So, Father, we love you this morning. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. And, Jesus, we thank you, God, that you make the old new. The old new. The old has passed away and the new has come. And, Jesus, for those for those who want your Holy Spirit, the good gifts. And just like I was clothed with a physical suit. You say in Luke 24, I will clothe you with the Holy Spirit. So clothe us with the Holy Spirit. Fill us up, Jesus. We love you. Amen. If you